Seems let's get straight into it. West Tigers over the weekend. Tom, mate, that, that's one of the worst performances I've seen from, from the Tigers in a couple of years. Um, you know what? It's probably one of the worst performances I've seen from any team in, in a long time, considering they had about 24 minutes where they were playing against a, a team with 12 players on the field. Kalen Ponga is their best player by a mile, and they lost him, or the Knights, sorry, lost him in the first set. And then, um, you know, they lost Braley during the game as well. Uh, yeah, Jack Johns was gone. Uh, I think they were down to fourteen players, plus the you know the sin bin and the send off, and the Tigers did not look like scoring a try. Um, you know that a lot of the players that they've bought to uh, try and improve their performance, I think their performance has actually gone backwards. I know coruscant has been injured and and started late, so there's probably some excuses there. But someone like uh, Azai Papali'i. His um, the way he's playing has completely changed to what made him effective at Para. He's shuffling the ball sideways. They don't really know. Uh, well, they look like they don't know what's what's going on. It, it's interesting, isn't it? You could you could copy and paste this conversation and put it in any performance over West Tigers for the past couple of years. You know, the one person who I who I actually thought of during the game was Michael McGuire, and it is it's so clear that there are so many deeper problems in that club apart from who the head coach is that, you know, it, it, everyone talks about that one play in the game with Luke Brooks. He, he runs basically 50 metres across the sideline and just basically just gets there. That's, that's, that's yep. all he accomplishes with that run. And it's, it's, it's part of a, it's part of a deeper problem, isn't it? It's not, just, we're not just talking coaching here. There are, they are, a shambles. It's, it's effort. Um, you know, a lot of people pointed out that Brooks play where he ran across field and, you know, what it probably could have done three or four things differently with that one play. But the thing for me that I noticed was not one person was prepared to run a line for him. No one come back underneath him. No one pushed into space. They all stood there and watched him. Um, some of the, the middles um, for the Tigers, you know, there's a lot to be desired there with their effort and, and energy levels. You know, Alex Twile, I, I think he... Has a crack every week. He's very limited in, in what he can do, but I, I, you know, I don't think a lot of the other players in that forward pack really put their hand up and can honestly say, "Yeah, well, I had a red, red hot crack." Yeah, he, he, Alex Twall's an interesting one. He, he, you're right. He's someone that's not overly talented. He doesn't have any sort of um, game changing ability, but the effort is there. Yeah. And if that was to be matched by people who do have that ability around him, like... Offengawi. Offengawi. Stefano Utukamanu. Yeah. That's another one. And I'll tell you what, Steve. The, <laughs> the score actually flattered them in, yeah, in the end. Because that try at the end, that's a no try for all money. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And and again, I suppose one of the things that we're not... We don't want to do is, is bag teams or, or bag players or what they're trying to do. But reality is the Tigers don't look like they've improved. So I, I don't know if the style of play... So, Benji Marshall, Robbie Farrar, the assistant coaches there, Tim Sheens has taken back over. It's all well and good to have a plan of how you want to play, but you also need the cattle to be able to play that way. And maybe the style of footy that they want to play just doesn't suit the players that are at the Tigers. They play the Dogs this week. And, and they could turn around and win. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Dogs were really impressive they against were, Melbourne, yeah. um, even though Melbourne had a lot out. Um, and... God, it's it's so tough to see them getting a win when they couldn't win that game on the weekend. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. So again, you know, after a couple of games, I think you get a better indication of how teams really are going and and maybe the dogs in that first game, they might not have been as bad as what people first thought. Maybe Manly um, were a little bit better than what they were given credit for. I know defensively Manly did smash the dogs early in that game. So, you know, you probably can take that one with a grain of salt for the dogs, but they were super impressive against the, the Storm, especially that first 50 minutes. You know, it could have been anything. It's it's pretty rare to see Storm get blown off the park yeah. like that. And the Storm really had no answers for them. How, how much stock do you put in the fact that they are down on troops? Oh, big time. I mean, you think of someone like Cameron Munster. Not only the way he plays, he can create something out of nothing, which everyone can see. Um, but I think the confidence that he would give everyone else as well. Um, so him being out of the side would definitely have a huge impact. But not only that, I mean, you know, Xavier Coates, Justin Olam, they're, they're rep players. Yep. You know, and they're really good rep players as well. So both of those guys are listed to play this week. They're definitely going to make a difference. Um, I think, I, I don't know. I can't remember a Storm team getting blown away like that, though. You yeah, know, it, it was 22 nil, I think, at one point, and that's unheard of. You, you mentioned those two players back for Melbourne this week. I, I'd say just equally as important is Tui Kamakamitha coming yeah, back. But they lose Nelson. They this do week. lose yeah. Nelson. Also, Tarek Sims. Yeah, that's a good That's a good one. He'll be a, um, he's a professional. Yes. Know, he's, he's, and he, he's going to come off the bench. He'll play in the middle. Yeah. And, like, it's they've they've got workers there, so they've got Welch and King there who who will play probably sixty minutes minimum, and so the the Nelson loss is is quite substantial. But you're able to combat that with Tui and Tarek coming back into the team. Um, can I ask your thoughts on Tyron Wishart? Um, I think he I think he goes okay. Um, I don't know what position he's best suited to though. That's that's probably the thing um, at the moment. He's sort of a little bit like you know old school John Plath. He can play a little bit of everywhere, but where's he best suited? Yeah. And you, I don't know. You, you wouldn't... <laughs> he is very much a positionless player. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's he, he's probably... When everyone's back for the Storm, he'll probably be in the mix to be the 14. You'd think Nick Meaney might be the 14 ahead of him at this stage. Yeah. But uh, he, he's, he's, he's probably not a bad one to have in the squad. It's just that when he's got to play full-time, it's probably not capitalising on your strength of the team. Exactly right. But I suppose the other thing too is Meany may be fullback for the majority of the year because Pappenhausen doesn't look great. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he might need some more time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we'll go on to the Titans, um, who the Storm play this weekend. Uh, really disappointing. Um, yeah. I, I want to say though, personally, I was really happy for Hook. I've never, <laughs> it's pretty rare you see a coach under so much pressure before round one. Yeah. And you could just sense that with the Dragons. If they had a slow start, there might be some movement there. So for the Dragons to get a win, I was pretty happy for him, but they were abysmal. People have a, a short memory though. Yes. I mean, the Dragons were a win out of making the eight last year. Yes. They finished ninth. Yes. You know, and, and that was meant to be them having a terrible year. Yes. So I, I don't know why there were so many people tipping them to, to get the spoon. A good mate of mine actually had a fairly significant investment on them to come last. <laughs> I said, mate, you're, you're mad. There, there's no way on earth that they're getting the spoon. Um, so yeah, it was good to see. The Dragons, they went really well. The Titans... You know, round one, I thought, gee, the Titans, they, they look quite sharp. Even in the trial, you, you thought to yourself, I don't think they're a top eight side, but they'll be thereabouts. They might be between seventh and tenth. But based on the weekend just gone, 
I don't know. I think it might be the normal Titans. It's funny, isn't it? You know, round one, they come out and beat the Tigers. Yeah. and Because ev everyone had quite high hopes for the Tigers this year, yeah. potentially making the eight. And now you look back on that win from the Titans and you go, maybe it wasn't as good. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and again, you go back to trial form and oh, you can take trial form again with a grain of salt. But the Titans-Broncos game, I think it was 22-all or, or something like that, it finished up. And I, I walked away from that one thinking, okay, I don't think either of these sides are a top eight side. And even, I'm sure we'll get to the Broncos soon, I still don't think they're quite a top eight side. But it, it was a high-quality game of footy. And, yeah, I don't know, the Titans are, who knows what you're going to get. Kieran Foran definitely adds something to them. He brings um, Fafita into the game a lot more. But again, you know, Fafita's got to want to get the footy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, was, I was actually hoping he would change clubs, Dave Fafita. And... <laughs> it's not a personal attack against Justin Holbrook. It's the, it's just the fact that the results haven't happened yet. Yeah. And Dave Fafita, he should be starting second row for Australia. He's that talented. And the fact that he hasn't reached that, potentially played a little bit of origin, sure. But the fact that he's not even in the conversation for Queensland's origin team. That's right. Yeah. So that, that's a real big disappointment. Yeah, and you, and you look at um, you know guys like uh, Young Hopgood, who's just On exploded fire. at Para. Well, you think he's probably jumped... Fafita for a back row spot now Absolutely. as well. Um, and again, it's all relative, isn't it? I mean, if Fafita went to the Titans on 750 grand a year, no one probably questions how he's playing. He probably plays like a 750 grand a year, but yeah. the fact that he's on the best part of a million, then... You know, we expect more out of him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of a team that we probably expect a little bit more out of, Parramatta. Um, defensively, last week, I thought they were awful against Cronulla. Yeah. Um, and Cronulla weren't that much better, but to be 0-2 after the first two weeks, they versed Manly this week coming off a bye. Then their run after that is horrible for them. They've got Penrith um, and maybe Parramatta as well. Oh, sorry, uh, the Roosters as well. So you'd think that they'd probably find some form in the next couple of weeks, the Roosters, but that they could be 0-5. They definitely. I mean, and, and I'm a para, a mad para fan, so that <laughs> one really hurts me. The first week, I look back and think, th that was probably the, the highest quality game of the weekend. It yep. was 10, 10 all, I think it was, or 12, 12 all, whatever it was against the, the Storm. And you think, okay, well, you know, all things being fair, that one, para probably were the better team. They probably should have won that. Then again, against Cronulla, they're, some of their defensive efforts were really, really poor. But if you go back and have a look at the tries that they conceded, two of the poor ones were when Gutherson was off with the HIA and the defensive line was completely you know, dismantled. It was all over the place because they had moved back a, you know, a non-fullback um, into that position. Gutherson's really good at setting the line for Parra and making sure their defensive splits are, are set up correctly. So... I wasn't, in the end, I wasn't too disappointed about some of those tries. And then Parra got themselves back into the game. They were ahead by two, throw an intercept pass, didn't touch the ball for another 10 minutes. By the time they did get the footy back, they were down by 10, and they still nearly found a way to um, to get out of jail. So I'm not as concerned as what some people are about Parra. I think they will come good. Um, they definitely need their back rowers in Madison and Lane back. Um, it's going to add something to them. But, uh, yeah, I think they'll come good. I don't know if it'll be this week against Manly, though. Um, Manly looked – they've looked red hot all year. Just before we go into Manly, there's a lot of talk about Mitch Moses and his contract at the moment. Would you be okay, as a, as a fan of Parramatta, would you be okay with them extending him long term? I hope they do. Yeah. I hope they do. He's third or fourth best half in the comp. Um 
He took them from wooden spoons and not making the eight. Since he's been there, they've top four, I think, three of the five years. Four of the five years they've made the eight. He took them to a grand final. So without Moses, they don't do that. I, I think they've got to sign him. And Jamil Hop- Jermaine Hopgood, sorry. I keep getting Jamil Hopawati and Jermaine Hopgood. Well, I keep going confused. to call him Tyrone Hopgood, but that's, I think I might be his cousin from Bundaberg. Jermaine Hopgood. Yep. What a star. He's awesome. Yeah, he's very, very good. So they've, um, I suppose when you're stuck at Penrith behind Isaiah Yo, who's the best lock in the comp. Yep. Yeah, it's understandable why he wasn't getting a start, but he was too good to be playing reserve grade. Absolutely. I, I think he'll play for Queensland. I, yeah, I, I do too. I think he's, he is. He's so good. And, and that's what I mean about Parra. Like, you throw. Lane back on his left edge, Madison back onto the right edge, then all of a sudden it's a it's a completely different looking team. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we'll move on to Manly. Um, the, the round two bye. Do, do you think for Manly, uh, and I, I'd actually be keen to, if, if you've spoken to your brother about this, they had such a good win week one, then having a bye. Is it, yeah. is it a bit deflating? I think the the one and I was chatting to him about it and I did see he mentioned it in a press conference but the one thing that I think worked out okay for them was the fact that they got the Thursday night game this week yeah so realistically it was just like having a, a long turnaround yeah um you know it might be like going from a a Thursday night game to a Sunday the following week so I don't think it affected them too much it just um you know pr- pr- frustrating when they were on a roll they've had some good wins in the trials they looked impressive round one. And then um, all of a sudden, round two, they don't play. But, you know, I think during the year, it'll be interesting to see how the bye does impact teams, whether it's a positive or negative. Um, it'll be good to see some trends on, you know, how those teams come out of the bye as well. I think that's going to be something that we could look at in a few weeks' time to, to see if there's any trends there. But I, I think for this example, it's probably not too bad. It's just like having a a long break between the games. I loved what Daly Cherry Evans said during the week. He had a press conference and he was asked, uh, Parramatta, who you go up against, their next three opponents or the next four opponents are all coming off a bye. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, I um, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, look, they don't, they don't care. No. Um, really, they, they're so, um, and all the teams like this, they're so focused on what they've got to do and, exactly. and who they've got coming next. They don't, they probably half the time don't even care about who they've got the following week. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, th- such a talented squad there at Manly. I just want to highlight two players Halomi Olakawatu. First of all, he looks fitter than he's ever been. Yeah. they. And again, you know, talking to Anthony about it, um, he's been super impressed with um, their fitness and how far they've, they've come. There's some really good leaders there. I think in the Travoyevich brothers and, and Cherry Evans that, that push them. Um, you know, there's no shortcuts and, and blokes get held accountable for for trying to take shortcuts as well. So it's pretty obvious that they're a lot fitter than what they have been over the last couple of years. And um and Olikawatu, he he's so impressive. Like I just think the he's only gonna get better and better. But he's only early twenties too as well, I think. Absolutely. And the other one I was going to highlight was Josh Schuster moving to 5'8". Can I get your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, with Cherry Evans, it, it works because you've got someone who can steer the ship, you know, control the game, and he can react and just play footy. Obviously, they're going to have some structures that they want him to play within, but someone like that, he's got that X factor about him. You know, Would it work if they had a less experienced half or a, a not quite as uh, talented organiser in the halves? Maybe not, but... I think for, for what they've got there with Cherry Evans, I can't see why it won't work. Yeah. I was 
I have to admit, I was I was so happy that they got the win week one. I was I was really happy for your brother, obviously. You know, come back seriously though. What are your expectations for them? Oh, I, I think before that they played some games. Um, oh, you know, again, I wouldn't have this discussion with my brother because he would disagree. But I thought if Turbo stays fit, they can push to make the eight. Um, but now I've changed my mind. Even if Turbo plays 70 percent of the games, I think they can. They can make the eight. Um, you know, if they get a bit of luck with fitness and guys not getting injured throughout the year, and depending on what happens around Origin, who knows? You know, could they be in a position to be pushing for a top four spot at the end of the year? I, I can't see why they don't have it. They have the talent there to do it, so yeah. it's possible. But definitely, I think there's no reason why they shouldn't be bottom of the eight. With health, you'd have to think that they. Certainly make the eight, but I agree that they can t- push for top four. You you got people like Paseca and and Sipley coming on as well. Like yeah. the, these these are forwards that haven't played a lot of games. And and again, we, I said before about short memories of people. Well, the Dragons last year, you know, they were a win out of the the eight. The year before, um, Manly come fourth. Yeah, you know, so they were in the top four. Yes, things were dramatically fell away there last year, and obviously there, there were some things going on, but. They've got the talent there. A lot of the same players are in um, within that Manly side. A number of them are now 30, 40 games more experienced as well. So, yeah, I think they can make the eight for sure. Yeah. How is your brother? Yeah, he's good. Yeah? Yeah, he's good. He's loving it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And uh, he's... One, one thing I noticed about when he, when he went there, he's got a strong team around him, like, yeah. not only on the field, but Shane Flanagan's there as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was... Um, so we were away together when... Um, he, um, you know, was negotiating with different people about getting his team together and stuff like that. And he was talking to me about how Flanagan was the first person that he wanted to, to get on board so that he had that experienced person there with him. You know, Flanagan's won a comp. He's coached well over 150, 200 first grade games. So, you know, he, he knew what he was getting there and he, he wanted that, that experienced, strong support. Let's move on to the Dolphins. They take on Newcastle this week. Um I actually give Newcastle a chance in this game. Yeah, so, so do I. And uh, first home game for them. So um, even though no Ponga, no Braley, obviously hurts. But God, I thought Jackson Hastings, he is such a good player. He is. Um, Frizzell's not playing either. No. Which that, that does hurt him as well. But yeah, back, back to Hastings. Th- there's got to be something there with him because... <laughs> Like, I don't know the bloke. I don't really, you know, know many people who do actually know him. So I can't comment what what he's like. Um, but when you're at that many clubs in a short space of time, there's obviously something there. You know, whether or not he rubs people up the wrong way or um, he likes to do his own thing, I've got no idea what it might be. Yeah. But he can certainly play footy. And that, that's the strange thing. Again, what makes you sit back and wonder what, why does he go from club to club to club, NRL to Super League and back, when he can clearly play footy. And I, I totally get that. I th- The one thing I would counter that with, though, is, yes, I'm sure he had his problems early on at the Roosters. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But after that, he went to a manly team under the Trent Barrow at the time that was bad. Yeah. Uh, he went over to Salford, killed it. He yeah. was Man of Steel over there. Then he's come back to the Tigers, who we already know are a basket case. Yeah. And then he's gone to the Knights, who I think... Really like him. Certainly, Adam O'Brien loves him. But but again, every place he goes, seem to like him straight away as well. Yeah. So could you be. know, it just could be that 
eventually wear thin um, for different reasons. James Maloney was allegedly like that. You yeah. think of how many clubs he went to and he was a winner and he was an, uh, a state of origin player. Yeah. But he had a shelf life everywhere. He ended up having yes. to move on. Yes. Uh, but there's a big opportunity for him now though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And and again, like I said, I said earlier, um, Pong is their best player and I think everyone would agree with that. But I don't think they're going to miss him. That might sound really strange, but I, I just don't think they're going to miss him. He hasn't played for a long time. Some of the games he has played over the last six to, to nine months, I think it's pretty obvious that we're not getting the best out of him anyway. So, yeah, I, I give him a big chance of winning this game. With Ponga, he's got this concussion issue, obviously, and we hope that he gets over it. But I do think that in the long run, his best position would be 5'8". Yeah. But... The traffic coming at him. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he goes from making, you know, 70 tackles a year yeah. to 20 or 30 a game. Yeah. So I think he has to play fullback. And oh, I agree. That sucks for Newcastle because Lachlan Miller is really good, I yeah, think, at fullback. Good, yeah. So I don't know what they do there, but do, do you think long-term he'll have to go back to fullback? Yeah, he, he has to. Um, I mean, he doesn't have to. They, they can do what they want with him, but I, I agree with you. For, for those reasons, he can't continue to get concussed like he has. He yep. needs to obviously have a long period of time out of the game to, to get himself right and assess whether or not the right thing for him is to continue to play contact sport because it may not be. But again, what can they do to help him out there and moving back to fullback could be the, the option. Absolutely. They play the Dolphins this week. Dolphins have been... They've been good. Yeah, they have been, yeah. Yeah, the first couple of weeks. I... I'm not buying that they're going to make the eight. Neither am I. I'm not buying that they're going to be out of the bottom four. Yeah. Because um, the the problem for... And we'll get on to the Raiders in a second. Go, just quickly, the Raiders, I I thought they could push for top four like yeah. in a, if, if things broke well you know, for them They're year. probably like... I look at them like Manly. They've yeah. got the talent. They've got the players. They've got the X factors. They are allergic to winning close games. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating for... A, if you were a Raiders supporter. I don't know how Ricky does it. Like he, he must have cost himself twenty years of life coaching that yeah. team. Anyway, back to the Dolphins. Um the problem for the Dolphins is if they get an injury or two in key yeah. positions, they're screwed. Oh, hundred percent. And I like a punt. Um and looking back, especially round one, you know, a lot of people would be kicking themselves that they didn't take the 650 on offer for, for the Dolphins. The players that they do have are experienced, they're hard, you know, they've got a tough forward pack, blokes who are used to having that one-off game where they can just rip in and, you know, win a game for someone on their own through brutality, which is what Kafusi did. Um, but then, the, you know, the can they do it over and over and over again for 20-odd for rounds because they are getting on in age. Then you look at round two, well, it was like a swamp. Yes. Yeah, it was it was pouring down rain. It had been for a couple of days. They were their first ever game at KO Stadium at, at Redcliffe. Yep. And again, you sort of think, well, you know, it's probably not a shock that they were going to be in that game till the very end and, you know, they, they end up getting away with it. I thought the Raiders would win, but yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Like you said, I think the Knights might get them this week and then, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they go after a, a few more games. I'm a Storm fan, and so obviously you look at this team and you see Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, yep. Felice Cafusi, all gone from Melbourne. And I I love what those guys did for Melbourne. But as a fan, I, w I was 
not happy to see them go, but for the price that the Dolphins were paying, I was I was okay with it. Yeah. And but I tell you what, like <laughs> I thought I thought Felice was not going to play Origin this year. He might just. Well, I mean, you're as you said, you're a Storm fan, so you probably watch them a lot closer than what the normal or average punter would. Kafusi hasn't played two games like no, that for the Storm in three not. years. Absolutely not. He, <laughs> you know, he he still does when he plays Origin. He still rips yep. in, but he has not had games like that in in at least two two to three seasons. So. No, abs- absolutely not. And to, for anyone to say that is that those two games aren't the best games that he he's played in two years, they're laughing. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. They're, they're, they're taking it. Look, so. Kenny Bromwich, he still does what he does. You know, he does the same thing every week. He's a yeah. 7 out of 10 every week. He's excellent. Yeah. Jesse Bromwich, again, has probably been a little bit quieter over the last couple of seasons as well. Yeah. But, but yeah, but the, the, Kafusi is the big one. The fact of the matter is these guys are all 32, 33, yeah. 34. So the natural decline is coming at some point. Yeah. It will come. And Jesse Bromwich has signed a two-year contract or it might even be a third with an option. So the, the, he will decline at some stage. There's no doubt about that. So they need young guys to yeah. come through. The um, the big thing with Bromwich, though, Jesse Bromwich, I think regardless of how he's playing, even if he does start to decline, I, I get the feeling he'd be that type of bloke that you just need around leadership. Of course. You know, holding people accountable. Absolutely. But for the long-term success of the Dolphins, like the first two wins are great. Yeah. But... I'm still not buying their top eight. No. Roosters South this week. Great game. The last time we saw these two teams, they all got sent off. <laughs> it was it was one of the best. <laughs> it was one of the bur- the best worst games of footy I've ever seen. Because <laughs> it wasn't a good game of footy. It was no. just so entertaining. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think South win this game. Yeah, I think they will as as well. The, Ro- the Roosters have got to show something though. They've been... They, they were terrible that first game against the Dolphins. They went seven from eight, I think it was, with their completions to start the game. And then they went two from their next 10. Yeah. You know, so a- anyone who watches footy knows that you're going to struggle if you, you play like that. But not only their completion rate was poor, they just looked average. They didn't look like they knew they knew what was going on as far as their attacking structure went. You know, the tries that the Dolphins scored, they were opportunistic. So I don't think the defensive systems at the Roosters are a problem at the moment, but their attack just looks all over the shop. Do you buy that there's a bit of inner rift at the moment with Suwali and Tedesco? Not not one bit. Not no. one bit? Not one bit. I mean, Teddy's the, um, he's the Aussie captain. He's nine times out of ten. He's the best player in any rep game he plays, any big game he plays for the Roosters. Um, if Suwali thinks that he's better than Teddy, well, maybe Suwali's the one with an issue. And I, and I don't think any of that is happening. Yeah. Um, I think the the big thing for me is Kiri and Walker in the halves just don't work together. Um, you know, the the Roosters they're a team where. You could move Manu to six, partner in with Kiri in the halves, and, and I think all of a sudden I'd be worried about them as the team to beat to win the comp. Um, but with with Kiri and Walker in the halves, both so similar, um, both liabilities in defence. So if you have to move one on, who would you move on? I would move Walker on, because right. Walker's nowhere near as good as Kiri. Even with... Uh, Kiri's another one with... Concussion yeah, issues. that's right. And he is getting older. He's he's sneaky old. Yes. Here. Like, I think he might be 30, 31 now. Yeah. But again, I don't know. Walker's got so much talent. Yeah. You, you can see that. But 
there's so many people with so much talent and they, they don't make it in the NRL. It doesn't mean that they don't have talent. I don't know. I, I just watch the Roosters and I think at times a lot of the things that, that Walker does do well, sometimes there's an element of luck to it. The bounce of the ball or a, or a, a missed kick that, you know, because the Roosters are such a, a professional side, they've always got players in motion. They've always got people pushing through. So you can miss kick a, a footy and, and still create an opportunity. Um, yeah, I just think at this stage, the Kiri Manu, that halves partnership could win the comp. What do you think? I think Manu needs to be close to the ball. Yeah. Uh, I, I I agree that Manu at six would be the answer. However, I'm also thinking if you're one of these other clubs like the Dolphins, Joey Manu is your man. Like to go throw money at if you're the Warriors, like yeah. Tigers, like if you if you're one of these clubs, Joey Manu is the guy. And you think what well, Manu's won two comps? Yep. So for him now, throw the checkbook at him. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. um, Brandon Smith hasn't hasn't been yeah, good the first two one. weeks. Yeah, he hasn't been. Um, I'm I'm not sure how much to buy out of the fact that he he could be injured at the moment with with that hit from Kafusi. Do you think he doesn't look um, as explosive as as he was in Melbourne? Like even when he's um, running with the footy, he doesn't look like he's got that that impact. Well, he would have had to lose some weight first of all to play nine. He's he's only ever played eighty minutes once yeah. in his career. So, and I think that that is what the Roosters would like eventually, surely. Because um, the more time with Brandon Smith on the field, you'd think the better you well, are. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I know that there was a, a pretty substantial weight difference from when he was training to be a lock rather than training to be a hooker. So, I'm not sure if that's got anything to do with it, but maybe he is just injured. Yeah, that's right. And again, I think if you... If we look back at the 2018 season, the first one that Cronk was there and Teddy was there, yep. Roosters looked this bad the first month. Yes. And they ended up winning the comp. Yes. So, you know, Robinson will clearly turn things around and, and get them playing the way he wants them to play. Um, and, and again, you've got a new hooker there, so the combinations are going to take time. Even their backup hooker, Turpin, um, he's new to the club, so everything's a little bit new and disjointed for them at the moment. Do they beat South? Well, I think they can. I mean, South are, I think I'm, I'm going to tip South in my, my tipping. Yeah. But it's not going to be that confident because I don't fully trust South. Um, South, for me, are a team that when everything is going smoothly, everyone's confident. No one gets near them. They, they belt yep. everyone. Yes. Except Penrith. Penrith, yes. they can't beat Penrith. But, look, everyone else, they just put the cleaners through. But it's quite easy to get under the skin of South and and rattle them up a little bit and get them playing um, a little bit disjointed. And then that crisp shift to the left that they like to do, balls start going onto the ground or slightly behind. Frustration levels really start to, to increase. And, and you can see it happen in front of your eyes when, when South start to you know, become a, a little bit of a rabble. Um, if Roosters keep the footy in play, they win. If it's like the last time they played, where it's you know, there's scraps and there's people put in the bin and stop start, uh, South will flog them. Cody Walker, God, he's an interesting player. At his best, when they're flying, very good. Yep. But he costs South's games through frustration, not being able to hold it together. Yeah. And there was it. 
the perfect example the other night. Now, I'm not saying that this cost them the game, but it's just an example. They were playing Penrith. But it put them off for five minutes, didn't it? Absolutely. So he, he takes a run. He gets up to play the ball. For about three seconds, has a shoving match with the marker. Yeah. And then goes to play the ball and just completely drops it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you're just thinking that is Cody Walker in a nutshell at his worst. Yeah, and then and then he withdraws a little bit for for a few sets, and then he's back into it and he's away. But when you're playing against a good side, that, that's all you need is that that five minutes of um, disruption, and you know you, you just can't get back in it. No, and you're right. It, when things are going great, there's there's barely anyone better. But it's it's those tight games against particularly Penrith. They they're a million to one to beat Penrith because they, Penrith are just designed to beat South Sydney. Cleary just will kick them into a corner constantly. He will have it in you know that that one meter box in the right in the corner of the uh, the field where they've got to go back retreat. All the forwards have got to get behind the footy. The ball stays in play constantly. But as soon as it's a, a stop start, they get 20 metre restarts, or there's a lot of um, errors in the game, a lot of penalties in the game. South are unstoppable with um, the shapes that they can put together from from those stoppages. We'll finish with this. I want you to give me the four teams that you think are most likely to win the comp. Okay, Penrith. I would agree. So. Penrith, uh, you, you just can't bet. I know they've lost Kikau and Coruscant, but yeah, they're they're going to be there. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's, a, that's a really really tough one because if you asked me before round one, I would have said straight away Penrith Roosters, Para, and um, Storm. Yeah, they, they would have been without even thinking. But now Para's none from two. Storm have got that many injuries. Roosters look horrendous. Um, and Penrith, they'll be fine. Again, that game that they lost was, it was set up beautifully. We haven't spoken about the Broncos yet either, which, no, which they're going really well. But um, again, I think that game was set up perfectly for, for the Broncos. It was pouring down rain. Penrith couldn't shift the footy around. They couldn't play the way that they they like to play against the Broncos, which is testing them on the edges. And um, yeah, it just it was set up perfectly. I think Penrith bombed three tries in that first round as well, so you know th- they'll be fine. Um, but there's other teams that are going really well now. Like, I don't think the Cowboys are as good as what they were last year. I, I think agree. Teams have had an opportunity to work them out. Of course, they're still a top eight side, but yeah. you know I don't think they're as good as what they were. Um, Manly's a lot better than what people thought they were going to be. Brisbane are better than what people thought they were going to be. Um, yeah, as we said, Paris struggling. Storm have got injuries. Roosters look terrible. Souths, I, I've still got Souths as uh, for me, they're a uh, fifth, sixth, seventh team. Yep, they're going to make the eight. They're too good not to make the eight. Yep, I just don't know if they'll win enough of those battles to to come fourth or, yep. or higher. Um, and realistically, I don't know if there's any real shock outsiders that they can come from the bottom of the t- bottom of the table. Well, would, who are you for? I, so, ba- I, so basically, Matt, I've named about twelve teams. Yeah. Then <laughs> uh, it, it's it's certainly a lot, a lot more open than it was last yeah. year. I'd say that uh, the Panthers were morals from about April. They were morals from yeah first trial. Yes, exactly. So uh, I'd, I'd have Penrith. I'd still have the Storm there once I get everyone back. I I I saw enough against Parramatta that the 
the defence is there, and I just think that there was just way too many players out last week to, yeah. to compromise for that. But oh, the, and the Sharks too. I mean, the, the Sharks, Sharks would be, would be my other there, one. Yeah, yeah, I would have the Sharks yeah. in there. I the. I really love the Sharks. I just think if they can get their defence right, their defence is an issue at the moment. Yeah. No one's talking about that. They conceded a lot of points last week in a win. They conceded a lot against South Sydney. If you go back to the to the end of last season, they were conceding a lot a of lot points, of points then. Yeah. So if they can get their defence right, which I'm sure they will, Craig Fitzgibbon, defensive yeah. coach, uh, I still rate the Sharks as a high chance. So I'd have the Storm Panthers, Sharks, and I would have the Roosters. Uh, just knowing that they are traditionally slow starters. Yeah, they've been in this position before yeah. and come I, good. I do love the Butcher Brothers. Yeah, I, they're good, aren't they? I think they're fantastic. Um, but yeah, a, apart from that, I just don't... It, if you, It's so hard to project because of health, but if you promise me health, I think they're the four best teams. Well, look, I, I know we're starting to drag on a little bit, but this would be interesting if we look back at the end of the season. We could quickly go through the 17 teams now and let's give a, a, a yes or no, will they make the eight? Yep. And it's in order as how it is right now, so yep. this doesn't mean anything. Cool. Manly. Yes. Yes. Dolphins. No. No. Dragons. No. No. Broncos. I'll say yes. No. Penrith. Yes. Yes. Rabbits. Yes. Yes. Warriors. No. No. Titans. No. No. Roosters. Yes. Yes. Sharks. Yes. Yes. Knights. No. No. Storm. Yes. Yes. Cowboys. Yes. Yes. Dogs. No. No. Raiders. No, but they sh- they're underachieving. Yes or no, Tom? No. I've already up to eight. I've got <laughs> okay, no more spots. Well, okay. <laughs> so I've got a no. Para. Well, I'll tell you what, if they start 0-5, no. I'm, I'm saying yes. Yep. Because... I'm a fan of theirs, yes. but they, they really, they should. So I'm up to my yes. eight. And then the Tigers. No. Okay, no. So for you, you've got your eight yep. and Parra was a 50-50. Yeah, I, I think it's it's so rough to say in round two that is going to miss the eight. But I I just think I just think the comp is so much closer this year than last year. So if you were to say one team from your eight that would drop out, yeah, it or would potentially, be, who? It would be Parramatta. Oh, Sorry, from, last so from the, the eight that you've just said now, because you had oh, okay. eight um, and a 50 50. Uh, probably. Because I looked at it and I I hesitated for a split second with the Broncos, but until they can show that they can handle some adversity for a couple of games, I just can't see how how they make the eight. I mean, they were sitting fourth with six or five rounds to go last year. One one tough loss, and then all of a sudden it it just capitulated for them, and it's just still the same players there. I guess I probably would have the Eels out of the eight, which is just crazy to say because they made the grand final. Well, they're a good team. And I look at too the the Sharks and the Cowboys, and I know you're still quite high on the Sharks. We spoke yeah. about that before. I, I was, can't see either of them missing the eight, but yeah. I just don't think they're as good as what they were last year. No, and I I'd agree with that. If you go back and look last year, Cowboys won a lot of games. Where the the prime one was, um, it, it was against West Tigers, and, and it was it was the penalty after the siren. Yeah. And so, um, like the the difference uh, between winning and losing that game, which they should have lost, 
they go down to fourth or fifth. Was it the game at Brookvale when they were losing by 18 or 16 with 10 to go and, yep. and won? Yep. You and know, th- th- that's four points. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's not hard to... And this is why. This is why. A lot, a lot of people had hopes for West Tigers this year, possibly making the eight. They lose round one to the Titans. They lose round two to Newcastle. If they were serious about making the eight, they would have penciled that in as two wins. Yeah, definitely. Both so, of them were at home. So now where do they make that up? Yeah. They're not making that up against the Sharks. And, and that's where the Parramatta start becomes a little bit of an issue because I don't think that even Brad Arthur would have been delusional thinking that they were going to go two from two to start the season against the teams that they were playing. Yeah. But they would have had one from two penciled yeah. in. Whichever team it was that they knocked off, I don't think they would have cared, but I reckon they would have had a, a one from two start. Yeah. And the problem is for Parramatta, if you get off to such a bad start, then you're going to get injuries at some point. Yep. And, so, and confidence. Yes. So they need a win. So yeah, they do. And and you look at it. I suppose the after ten rounds is probably maybe six rounds is where some coaches would have something in mind of where they would like to be. And with the start that Paris um, got, because they have got a tough draw, it might have been three and three. So you know, I think if Parra can get to round six and they're three and three, oh, you're they're they're home. You know, not home. Sorry, but they're away. You know, yes. they're. they're They'll be fine. You take that every day of the week. They get there and they're one from six. Yep. They're in trouble. Absolutely. Absolutely. Seems that'll just about do it for us today. We'll do this every week. Yeah, it sounds good, man. Had awesome. fun. Good stuff.